Thank you, Bishop Holmes. Praise the Lord, everybody. I know there's more people than that here. Praise the Lord, everybody. Aren't you glad to be at camp meeting? Little Rock 2014. Certainly have enjoyed what I have felt and heard since I have been here. I regret was not able to be here from the beginning, but uh, most of my family is here, and they drove over and been here since the first night, and they have related to me, given me a running account uh, how things have been going, what's been preached, and so on. Arrived here yesterday, right at the end of Brother Bass's great message yesterday afternoon. What a great message that was. We're certainly praying for the Bass family during this time of great crisis in their lives. And then what we heard here last night. <clears throat> After that great preaching last night, I wanted to turn right around and go home and just send a message saying, ditto. And, uh, and then this morning, the minister sessions were so good, Brother Epley, Brother Townley. And so it's just uh, a real privilege for me to stand here once again before you. I've been blessed to be here many times through the years. Counted a tremendous honor to be invited back numerous times. Appreciate uh, Bishop Joel Holmes, Pastor Nathan Holmes, the great work that they are doing for the Lord here in North Little Rock. And uh, and I think it's only proper to also express sincere appreciation to all of the saints of First Pentecostal Church here in Little Rock. for the outstanding cooperative job that they do every year to put on this camp meeting. And uh, all of the uh, work and labor that goes into it, the good food, those that serve, the setting up, the parking lot attendants, the ushers, and just the warm greeting and welcome that we receive year after year and not to mention the funding and financing of this great meeting and all we have to do is come and enjoy it. I think they deserve a real good round of applause. And I'm right now just really anxious to get my part out of the way and uh, Enjoy great service tonight. And what I feel on my heart has been burning in my soul for the last year, year and a half, two years. We have some saints from the church in Conyers, Georgia, where I'm currently pastoring, that are here, and they know that what I'm going to say today is a recurring theme in what I have been preaching. And... I have preached somewhat about this 
here and there across the country because it is what I feel today. And so I hope that you will help me and that you have come ready to hear and receive what I believe is something from the Lord. How about it? Anybody come here with a heart that's open and ready? And uh, I'm going to read in the book of Luke, the second chapter. Luke chapter 2, give honor to all of the great men of God that are assembled here this afternoon as well as all of the saints of God. And it's my desire only to be a blessing to each of you. Say something that will help you, not only those that are present here today, but those listening in, the Holy Ghost Radio across the country and around the world, those that will hear later by recording. I've been praying that God will just use me for his glory today. Luke, the second chapter, reading beginning with verse number 25. The Bible says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed him and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also." that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. My subject today, and I don't know if this will be teaching or preaching or treaching, but I want to talk to you about keeping the dream alive. Keeping the dream alive. I wonder if you would raise at least one hand if you're holding your Bibles. Let's pray and ask God to have his way here this afternoon. Everybody. Lord Jesus, again, I submit myself to you as a flawed and imperfect vessel of clay. I ask that you would let your anointing rest upon me this afternoon and use me for your glory and for your honor and enable me to say something that would be of benefit to your people. 
Help me to articulate your perfect will today. Speak to our hearts, Lord, and help us this afternoon. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, would you put both hands together? And clap your hands unto him. But don't just clap. Open those mouths and praise him. Come on, let's hear a shout go up. Shout of victory. Shout of worship. Shout of praise. Come on, let's do a little bit better. Hallelujah. Take it up another notch here this afternoon. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. God bless you. You may be seated uh, today. The, uh, the text that I have read to you follows a very dark period of time in the history of the nation of Israel for many reasons, but not the least of which is the fact that it comes at the conclusion of what scholars call the 400 years of divine silence. I don't know whether God was altogether silent during those 400 years, but we have no recorded evidence of that, at least during that period of time. 400 years is a very, very long time. To put it in perspective, we have just recently celebrated our nation's 238th anniversary. So you would have to add another 162 years to that to understand the length of 400 years. If you go back to 1614, I found that the most significant event that year was that Pocahontas married John Rolfe 400 years ago. It is a long time. Not only that, but it was a tumultuous time of wars and of conquests. When the Old Testament closes, Palestine is under the control of the mighty Persian Empire. After numerous decades, a new nation arises to the north by the name of Greece. And under the leadership of a young 20-year-old man named Alexander, who would later be immortalized as Alexander the Great. Greece rose to power and conquered most of the then-known world within three years' time, including Palestine. After the death of Alexander the Great, his empire was divided, and this region fell to one of his successors by the name of Ptolemy, I want you to hear me for a little bit now, who also controlled and reigned from the nation of, I of Egypt. After many years, then a Syrian king arises by the name of Antiochus the Great. And Antiochus overthrows the rule and the control uh, from Egypt and from the descendants of uh, Ptolemy and takes over the region. It's not long before then 
another Antiochus known as Antiochus Epiphany rises to power and he uh, is known as one of the most brutal and the most profane of all leaders that have ever existed. He had a real hatred especially for the Jewish people and he did everything that he could to stamp out any observance of Jewish law. Uh, the people, uh, as you can imagine, were very disquieted by this and and when he was away in Egypt for a while, they arose up in an attempted revolt, thinking and hearing that he had died. He did not die. And when he came back then, he crushed that revolt. And in three days' time, massacred 40,000 Jews in Jerusalem alone and took another 40,000 into slavery. But the worst of all was that he directed his fury and his wrath at the temple, the very center of their worship, and went into the Holy of Holies and offered a pig on the altar, the most horrible uh, thing that he could have done. And with the uh, melted fat from that swine, he created a broth and sprinkled it throughout the temple, desecrating and defiling that sacred place. And so it went. And then uh, after some time, a family known as the Maccabees arose. And under Judas Maccabee and his brothers and his father, they led Israelites into uh, resistance and in a series of uh, dramatic battles and impressive victories, they overthrew a superior force once again restoring uh, power back into uh, the land of Israel to some degree. And, uh, but that was very short-lived. And then it is, it is replaced again by strife and trouble and conflict. And as time rocked on then in the year 63 B.C., a new empire that had arisen in Italy, the mighty Roman Empire steps in to fill the power vacuum, and under the general uh, Pompey, he brutally crushed uh, Israel and conquered Jerusalem. So now then they are under the heels of the Romans. Palestine has been the most fought over region in all of the world. Jerusalem itself has been conquered and has fallen at least 27 times. It has been pillaged, it has been plundered, it has been destroyed and desecrated. So that by the time the New Testament opens up, then the language, the primary language being spoken in the region is Greek, not Hebrew. Israel has not been a sovereign nation and has not had its own uh, lawful king for hundreds of years. Uh, in fact, uh, they are now under the, uh, the control of a puppet government permitted by the Roman Empire. The glory days of David and Solomon are just a, a distant memory. Herod, uh, who is king, uh, is actually a descendant of Esau and not of Jacob. The priesthood 
is made up of mostly hirelings who cannot really trace their lineage back to Aaron. There are two dominant religious parties that have arisen, one made up of the well-known Pharisees who originally started out because they wanted to stay true uh, to the uh, exact interpretation of the law of Moses, uh, but they in fact became a legalistic and separatist group and they used the law to control and manipulate the lives of others and would later receive the most scathing rebuke from Jesus himself calling them a bunch of hypocrites who would make quite the outside but were within full of extortion and ex clean the outside within full of extortion and excess. And then on the other hand there was another group called the Sadducees. And the Sadducees were uh, liberal relationists who they turned away from the strict and literal interpretation of the law and they ceased to believe in the supernatural and they did not believe in the resurrection. That is the situation that exists at this time. It is a political and a social and a religious wasteland. It would seem by now after 400 years of all of this turmoil and all of this conflict and all of this fighting and all of this uh, uh, perverted manipulation that there would be nobody, nobody left who would still be true to God. Nobody who would still be clinging to the Word of God or holding on to hope Hope made up of prophecies that were by now many hundreds of years old. Hallelujah. And so it is for me that much more remarkable that I would pick up the word of the Lord in the opening pages of the New Testament era and read the words, there was a man in Jerusalem. And the same man was just and devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was upon him. Oh, y'all going to hear me a little while today. After all of this time with so little encouragement, with almost nobody, amen, seemingly uh, still standing for anything. There was still a man that perhaps for a very long time had held on to something deep in his bosom. And he had a walk with God that was so unique. The Bible said the Holy Ghost was upon him. This man could also be led by the Holy Ghost because the Bible said he was led by the Spirit into the temple. He got up one morning and something inside of him let him know this is going to be a day unlike any other day. He felt especially inspired to go to the house of the Lord where he had gone so many times before because this day it's going to be different. He He walks into the temple not really knowing what to expect and there stands a very simple and commonly clad young couple 
holding a little baby in their arms. But something went flip-flop inside of him. And when he went over there and took that baby into his arms, amen, then the Holy Ghost really moved on him. And he said, now, Lord, let thy servant depart in peace, because mine eyes have seen thy salvation. 400 years of divine silence and somebody has been keeping the light lit somebody has been keeping the dream alive he says it is a light that's going to lighten the Gentiles. That's a remarkable statement in and of itself. A light that's going to lighten the Gentiles. And he will be set for the rise and the fall of many in Israel. 400 years later, and it tags into the prophecies of Malachi. When there were terrible times of a backslidden condition. And yet he would say, from the rising of the sun till the setting down of the same his name is going to be great among the gentiles among the gentiles Woo, hallelujah 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 but wait a minute this was not just one person this was not just an isolated situation because the words have barely fallen from his lips when in comes a little old lady by the name of Anna. She was an old lady. She must have been close to a hundred years. And when she walks in, she just goes, whoa, something hit her. And she commenced a prophesying. And the Bible says she was a widow of four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in likewise in that instant gave thanks unto the Lord and spake of him. Hear me now to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. 400 years of turmoil, 400 years of military conquest, 400 years of divine silence, and there are still a bunch of people in Jerusalem. All them that looked for the consolation, all those that looked for redemption in Jerusalem, down here in this little house down that alleyway here was another one over in that house up on the hill here was another one and over in that marketplace there was another one and over here another one and over there another one you know what that tells me it doesn't matter what's going on it doesn't matter what's happened it doesn't matter what's taking place somebody is going to live for God sometime somewhere Somebody's going to keep the light lit. Somebody's going to keep the torch burning bright. Somebody's going to hold on to hope and the dream. Praise God. That meant 
that for 400 years, while empires rose and empires fell, 400 years, while military uh, uh, giants marched across the land and left death and devastation in their wake, there was a few people still who hunkered down and they kept clinging to those little fragments and parchments from the prophets saying it's not always going to be like this it's not going to stay this way something's going to change something's going to happen someday because they read amen as they labored in the fields as they toiled here and there they spoke to one another amen there's going to be a star rise out of Jacob there's going to be a scepter come out of Israel he's going to smite the four corners of Moab let these strangers march through here but God is still in control God is still in charge I feel like preaching a little while now somebody going to help me today while every new empire set up their idols and built their temples, there were still some folks that clenched in their fists those little leather parchments with those immortal words, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Sitting around the table at dinner time or out there in the fields, they spoke to one another. Hey man, hey, somebody's coming. There's going to be a change because they read where God said, The Lord Himself is going to give you a sign. A virgin is going to conceive and bring forth a son. And he's going to be called Emmanuel. They knew what Emmanuel meant. God with us. Hey brother, be encouraged. God's going to come and dwell among us. Hey sister, lift up your head because God is going to live among us. And then they read where the prophet Isaiah said, Amen, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth forever, even forever, the zeal of the Lord will do this. He is going to do this. He is going to do this. Y'all hearing me today? Let me tell you what else it tells me. It didn't just suddenly spring up with Simeon and Anna. What it tells me is that all these 400 years, there had been dads and moms and grandparents and uncles that spoke to each generation. Don't let this die. The day is coming. Things are going to change. Something's going to happen. It's not always going to be this way. It's not always going to be this way. Somewhere in Simeon's background, there was an influence. There was a person that instilled this in his heart so that he got it deep into his gizzard so that 
after all these years, though he is an old man, he has received a promise from the Holy Ghost. He's not going to die until he has seen the Lord's Christ. And he can hold that baby and say, Now mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Praise God. That's not all. But you read also about, about a man by the name of Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. And the Bible said they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Walking in all the commandments of the Lord, blameless. Hallelujah. They were righteous. Uh, amen. And yet, uh, uh, he had a very small role, a very small uh, task and duty. He, he was in the priesthood, but uh, his duty was only to burn incense. To burn incense. And so, he is now an old man, the Bible tells us. <clears throat> they were old. And uh, he's been doing this for lots of years. And there's all of this uh, corruption around him. And much of the priesthood has been infiltrated. And the high priest is on the take. But every day he gets up and laces up his sandals and he puts on his robes and he goes to the house of God. I can't help what this one's doing. I can't help what that one's doing. But I'm going to do my part. I'm going to burn incense in the house of the Lord. You know what incense is a type of? It's a type of prayer and a type of worship. Can't help what the high priest is doing, but I'm going to burn incense. Can't help what the other priests are doing, but I'm going to burn incense. Can't help what the rest of the Israelites are doing, but I'm going to burn my incense. Can't help what the Pharisees and the Sadducees are doing and saying, but I'm going to go to the house of God and I'm going to burn incense. I'm going to do my part anyway. They did this even though their own one desire that they had in life, which was to have a child of their own, had remained unfulfilled. They could have become discouraged. They could have become bitter. They could have said, well, we've been faithful and God hasn't come through. But day after day, he burned incense until one day, he didn't know it was going to be any different. But when he came that day to burn incense, there was an angel waiting for him on the right side of the altar saying, your prayers have been heard and God's getting ready to give you a son. And it's not just going to be a son, but he's going to be great in the eyes of the Lord. Not just a son, but a game changer. One who would totally revolutionize everything. One who would be the fulfillment of the prophetic word. A voice crying in the wilderness that would turn the hearts of many toward God. One who Jesus would later say, who did you go out to hear? A reed shaken in the wind? No, that's not what he was. Amen. Because Jesus would say, of all the prophets that have been born of a woman, there has not been a greater one than John the Baptist. I'm going to tell you something. It pays to just keep being faithful. It pays to just keep burning incense. It pays to just keep coming day after day. Keep praying day after day. Keep hoping day after day. Keep believing day 
day after day. Still hearing me tonight, today? I haven't come to what I really came to say yet this afternoon, but I want you to hear me. This is the situation that existed. There had not been 400 years of peace and tranquility, years of great upheaval, and still there are people like this who the Bible can say they were just and they were devout and they walked in awe the law of the Lord with very little encouragement. Now, these older folks doing it is one thing, but it wasn't just the older folks because there was an angel the moment when the angel stepped down into the chamber of a young virgin girl who history says was still only a teenager. And this is what the angel says to her. Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. I mean she had really gotten God's attention. Y'all aren't hearing me. I said a teenager. A teenager in this environment. A teenager under these circumstances could catch the eye of God. And God would say, you're highly favored. And the angel would outline for her a plan whereby she would be used as the vessel to introduce, amen, that Savior, that Christ into the world. And you know what her answer was? I don't know how this is possible, but behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, do with me as you will. Here I am. My life is your life. And then this blows my mind too when she goes to see Elizabeth, her cousin, who by now is great with child. She's some six months pregnant with John the Baptist. When she arrives, her very salutation causes the babe to leap in Elizabeth's womb. And then prophecy hits Mary herself and she begins to speak. But what she begins to say in verses 46 through 55 of chapter 1, she begins to quote scripture. And seven times in those verses, she be, she says, he hath, talking about God, he hath this, he hath that, seven different things. And then she says, as he spake unto our fathers. You know what this tells me? This teenage girl was acquainted with the word of God. This teenage girl had a love for the things of God. Enough to have them inside of her where she could quote them. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and worship the Lord for a little bit right now. We can do better than that. Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Woo. Starting to feel something moving in my spirit now. 400 years of heavy boots marching through the land. The Persians, the Greeks, 
the Assyrians, the Egyptians, praise the Lord, the Romans, 400 years of political and social unrest, 400 years of religious perversion of the law and the word of God or even abandoning it. And still there is a Simeon and still there is an Anna and still there is a Zacharias and Elizabeth and still there is a Mary and still there are many others waiting for the redemption and the consolation of Israel. Don't tell me it's too hard to live for God. Don't tell me it's too rough. Don't tell me it's not possible. That's what I really want to talk to you about this afternoon. Let's fast forward now 2,000 years. Not talking now about folks that lived after 400 years of silence. I came to preach to folks that are living in 2014. And we are living in equally challenging times today. Amen. We are living in the times of which the apostle spoke in 1 Timothy 4 and 1. That in the latter times, some would depart from the faith. Would give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And we are seeing that evidence all around us. Or when Paul wrote to Timothy, some will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they will turn away their ears from the truth and they shall be turned unto fables. But he said when that happens, you just preach the word anyway. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. You know why? Because while some will turn away, while some will stop their ears, somebody is going to fall in love with it. Somebody is going to live it. Somebody is going to embrace it. Oh, when he wrote in the third chapter of 2 Timothy, in the last days, perilous times shall come. And you read the descriptions of those perilous times, and guess what? We're there. We're living in it right now. If we're not living in those perilous times, I don't want to be here when they get here. It is accelerating rapidly. It is accelerating exponentially. Amen. We're living in a time of rapid advancements in technology and all sorts of things. It's hard. It's hard to, 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 to define and to nail it down and, and to, and to really specify because uh, it's constantly encroaching and finding new ways and people that aren't in love with truth are going to be drawn away and people that aren't in love with God they're going to find a way to do what they want to do but you know what my belief is there's still going to be some people it doesn't matter what this one does it doesn't matter what that one does it doesn't matter what the whole world is doing they're going to keep doing what's right time of great compromise a time of liberal philosophies amen i appreciate what i've been hearing around here about a return to sound doctrine sound doctrine don't give me platitudes and philosophies and stuff you have to think real hard to be able to understand just preach acts 238 Preach Ephesians 4 and 5. 
preach there's still one God and his name is Jesus. Preach one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. Preach follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. This is not rocket science. This is not so hard to understand. A child can understand it. I'm hearing all kinds of preaching nowadays and when it's all over, I'm scratching my head. What did he just say? What was that all about? Give me that old time preaching. Well, you, you don't have to wonder and you don't have to speculate. You know what he meant. You know what he said. Love of many waxing cold, including some of your close friends and some of your relatives. A great falling away. Amen. Individuals that you once had a lot of confidence and a lot of respect for walking away from it turning their backs on it people who were once your role models your inspiration suddenly they don't seem to love it anymore hallelujah you know what you need to do just get a tighter grip on it Hunker down. Hunker down because there's a big shaking going on right now. And God is behind the shaking. So that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So that only those things that cannot be shaken may remain. And I don't know about you, but when the dust settles, I want to still be one of that number. I want to still be holding on and hanging on. Whole churches being invaded once powerhouses in Pentecost. Wouldn't it be a crying shame? I pray it never happens, but wouldn't it be a crying shame if you drive by someday and look at this building and say, my, we used to have great camp meeting services there, but now the world has taken over. Oh, let's pray it never happens. And I believe as long as the vision of these good men holds true, and as long as there are people willing to follow it, it won't happen. Somebody's got to make up their mind, not in my church. Not here, not in this place. Whole movements selling out. Whole movements selling out. So that the true believers and the truth lovers seem to be in the minority. Hallelujah. Praise God. We feel intimidated by the charismatic uh, movement and environment and pressure that's coming to bear on us. And if we're not careful, we'll start trying to pick up their ways. Uh, you know, do what's working for them and, and learn how they sing and learn how they worship and, and learn how they preach. 
and learn how they have they don't know how to worship and they don't know you can't worship you can't worship if you don't know who you're worshiping they don't know how to sing nobody can sing like the blood washed holy ghost filled jesus name baptized believers they don't know how to preach they might be great orators but if they don't preach the entire unadulterated word of god they're not preaching It's 2014. It's 2014. Amen. This is the age of the internet and computer and high-tech technology. Hallelujah. This is the age of, uh, of uh, gizmos and gadgets and, and everything that's impressive. And it's, it, you know what? A lot of folks, uh, they can't worship on Sunday morning because they're up all night long playing video games and all sorts of other things. The prayer life has fallen off. Their consistency has fallen off. But I'm going to tell you something, young man. In the middle of all this, there's going to be some. There's going to be some that are going to dig their heels in and keep the dream alive. Keep the dream alive. Somebody's going to walk in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to be faithful to church. I said somebody's going to be faithful to church. Even small churches. You may, you may attend a small church, 20, 30 people. They may not have this degree of talent and ability. And we're not putting one over the other. I'm just saying that may not be the case there. You might have a box guitar and a tambourine and a piano with broken keys. But bless God, come and worship the Lord. Somebody's going to offer incense. Somebody's going to pray. Somebody's going to worship. Somebody's going to love God. Somebody's going to shout if they're the only one shouting. They're going to support their preacher. He may not have a degree. He may not be an intellectual. Praise the Lord. He may just be a cornbread and beans preacher. He may not ever get asked to preach some big conference. Some, but if he's preaching truth, stand up behind him and say amen. And let your family know this is the dream and we're going to keep it alive. Oh, if I could just go to a big church, I think I could live for God. I think if our church had a big choir, I think I could live for God. I think if our church had a gymnasium and we had a lot of activities for our young, somebody, uh, I think I could live for God. I, I think if we had this, uh, no, let me tell you, if you had a consecration, if you had a walk with God, you've got to wrap your fingers around the word of God. You can do it. 
You can do it. You can do it. Don't let him preach Acts 2.38 with you sitting there propped up on your elbow. Don't let him preach the oneness of the Godhead with you and looking at the time. Don't let him preach holiness and you with the added, here he goes again. Go ahead, pastor. Preach, 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 preach. Keep the dream alive. Is this okay? Is this okay? Don't matter if it is or not. It's what I feel, but hey, man, folks get together. You know, have anybody heard of, of song books? Some of us still use them, but uh, I'm not saying anything against the newer music as long as they stay true to what we believe. Some of you can't tell if they're singing to God or if they're singing to the boyfriend or girlfriend. But I, I still like to open up the song book and sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown and low in the pit where my sins dragged me down. I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay, brother, and he tenderly brought me out to golden day. He brought me out of the miry clay. Once like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came and listened to me. And glory to God. He set me free. He set me free, yes. Here's another one I like. Some glad morning we shall see. Jesus in the air. Coming after you and me, joy is ours to share. Amen. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. That anybody still believe in the coming of the Lord? For the grace of God which bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation i still get excited about for the lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with a voice of triumph and the trump of God. Oh, you ain't never heard a shout like God shouts. You wait till God shouts. You wait till God shouts. Hallelujah. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. That sounds like a fantasy. That sounds like it's something absolutely uh, uh, beyond belief. I'm keeping the dream alive. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Here's the part I like. And we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort yourselves together with these words.
you bunch of dumb, ignoramus apostolics. Still doing it the old way that doesn't work anymore. You gotta modernize, you gotta adapt, you gotta change. The only way to win people now is let them go ahead and sing in the choir with their beards and mustaches. Go ahead and let the homosexuals teach the Sunday school classes. Let them dress any way they want to, smoke their cigarettes when they get through singing in the praise team. No, a thousand times no. Somebody is going to do it right. Somebody's going to preach it right. Somebody's going to live it. Hallelujah. 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 Still hearing me today? What about the young people? Look at them. You can't preach this and keep any young folks in church. What do y'all think about that? If you preach, if you preach holiness the way we believe it, won't nobody, won't none of our young people stay in church? I'll give you I'll give you this much the carnal ones won't the worldly ones won't but there's going to be a Mary there's going to be a somebody that's going to get a hold of it can I just preach my heart here for just a second I see a lot of young folks in this building today amen praise the Lord you know it's bothering me that that I'm going to some so-called conservative apostolic meetings. That's some of the stuff that we're seeing. I, I just want to ask you a question. Is the skinny suit or skinny jeans look, is that the new look of Pentecost? These mob styles that looks like they came straight out of the Gentleman Quarterly magazine inspired by homosexual designers. Is that the new look of Pentecost? Girls with skirts barely to their knees getting up and singing in the praise team and in the choir. Is that the new look of Pentecost? Low-cut neckline, sheer, tight clothing. Is that the new look of Pentecost? Is that what we have to embrace? Do we have to do we have to tolerate that? I'm all for young people shouting. I'm all for them having a good time in church, but somebody's got to preach to them too. Let me tell you how some of us got here. Some of the elders got up and they named it, brother. They named it. They didn't care whether you liked it or didn't like it. They just named it. You didn't have to wonder where they stood, they named it. Somebody's got to say something. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you preach it, somebody's going to live it. Somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to embrace it. I find young people all over this country, they don't want you to water it down. They don't want you to compromise. They don't want you to weaken it for their sake. Preach!
preach, preacher, preach, preacher, preach, preacher. Or we're going to end up with all kinds of makeup and jewelry and worldly attire. We don't need that in Pentecost. Somebody is going to keep the dream alive. He's coming after a church that's without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing. A church that has made herself ready. Clap your hands to the Lord. Love him. Worship him. Come on, everybody, praise him. Feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. Well, it's 2014. Explain that to Simeon. Explain that to Anna. Explain that to Zacharias and Elizabeth. Explain that to Mary. Somebody's going to embrace this. Somebody's going to live it. Can you lift your hands? Just worship him. I'm going to try to try to bring this last phase of it into the, this here today. He Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I know, I know that our time is limited here today. So I'm going to tell you another reason why this is so vitally important. And I hope you'll bear with me for just a few minutes. And then we're going to wrap this up. And, and it, it goes back to uh, some of the things I preached about last year. I know some folks left here thinking, but they all fell out of a coconut tree. Talking about a return to apostolic supremacy. Well, I just happen to believe what God ever did once, he can do again. I just, that's just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just dumb enough to believe that. That if he could save 3,000 in one day, he can do it again. I'm just, and I know that a lot of that was fueled by persecution, so don't get me wrong. Uh, we want that without the persecution. We may not get it that way. In fact, if things keep going the way they're going, in Congress and from the White House on down, we may see those days again. And if that's what it takes to wake the church up, then so be it. We'll find out who's got the goods. What bothers me, brethren, is the seven billion people that don't know this. You hear me? Seven billion. Seven billion people that don't know this, that don't have it. Thank God for missionaries that are willing to go around the world and carry this gospel to strange places and learn languages that are hard for them to speak with tongues that are just used to speaking English. Tongues getting all tangled up, but willing to worship God with meager resources and just a few people and preach this gospel. Oh, let may God raise up some more missionaries among us. But equally troubling to me is the sad state of America. I read somewhere just recently that at least 70% of all churches of all denominations 
have either plateaued or are in decline in America. 70% of those that are supposedly growing, a, a large percentage of them are growing internally, meaning young people are getting married and having babies. Another percentage are growing by a redistribution of members. Go look what that, learn what that means. Amen. You think Joel Osteen got to where he is by evangelizing the city of Houston? Should I have said that out loud? I thought that. I'm sorry. Emptied out churches all around. Amen. A redistribution. And so the, the, the book that I read said very few churches are impacting their society and their environment and reaching the unchurched. And another, another statistic that bothered me was, don't get too quiet on me now, that only about 17% of all Americans, I'm not talking about Chinese, Africans, South Americans, Asians, Europeans, 17% of Americans attend church regularly. That a vast majority of Americans no longer believe in a literal heaven or a literal hell. And they don't believe in a literal devil either. It's a generation that's embraced the, the vampire uh, diaries and, and all of this supernatural hocus pocus and stuff. That's what they've embraced. But they've turned away from the gospel. I still believe that the climate is ripe for the true church to have revival. Call me a dreamer, if you will, but I still believe that this Acts 238 message works. That there are people that really do want something supernatural and more than just the sensational. They want more than black lights and mood lights and fake smoke and all of the drama. They want to feel something moving down in their soul. I'm getting ready to close. We need divine assistance like we've never needed it before. Amen. I've always been a stickler for preaching and I believe in preaching. The Bible said it pleased God to buy the foolishness of preaching. And I'm going to keep preaching that till the world looks flat. But I've reached the conclusion that preaching is not enough by itself. Preaching is not enough by itself. Got a little hush right there, but let me read to you what the Bible says. Amen. After he ascended up, the disciples went forth and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. We've got to have God working with us with signs following. We can't do it by our ingenuity alone. We cannot do it with our oratory and intellect alone. Will you pardon me for just a few moments while I say that I'm holding on to a few little pieces and scraps that I'm still struggling with where Jesus said, In greater works than these shall you do. If we've ever needed it, we need it right now. 
not just in the foreign countries, but in America. They need to walk into some of our churches and see what they don't see anywhere else. Feel what they don't feel anywhere else. Hear what they don't hear anywhere else. Oh God, what are we going to do to have revival? Let me tell you something. Let God save somebody on their deathbed from cancer. And the next thing you know, you can have a full-blown revival. Let God save the town drunk, the area prostitute. And the next thing you know, you've got a full-blown revival. We need God working with us like we've never needed it before. I'm holding on to a scrap that says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Can I just speak from my heart here a second? I know I've said this almost every year, but I'm going to say it again this time. And that is, I'm still waiting to come to a meeting like this. Just like this one, and it could happen here right now. It could happen yet here today. When everything in the house gets healed. Why not? They brought him multitudes of those that were sick and possessed with devils and he healed them all. Why couldn't there be a wave from heaven sweep through this house today and everybody get healed? Even in the prophecy of Joel that Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost, he not only said, upon my sons and daughters, pour out my spirit, etc., but it also says, and wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth below. Call me a fool or a dreamer, but I'm holding on to this and I'm saying, God, if we've ever needed this, we need it right now. Could it be that one Sunday when we go to church just like any other Sunday, when we walk in, God is going to do what we've never seen him do before. Or 2 Corinthians 2 and verses 9 and 10. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Oh, I can't wait to go to heaven. It's not talking about heaven. It's not talking about heaven. Ooh, don't get nervous about that. Don't get up. It's not talking about heaven. Heaven is not mentioned anywhere in that chapter. It's talking about right now. The next verse says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. We can have it right now. We can Anybody tired of church as usual? Anybody tired of struggling? Anybody tired of just going through the motions? God, if we've ever needed you to work, we need you to work right now. So, at the close of this message, because i got to quit, I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question. In fact, I want you all to just spread out here a little bit. Just momentarily. I want to ask a question. I wonder if there are any Simeons and any Annas present here today that for decades 
They've kept the sound of prayer going in the prayer rooms for decades. They've been on the pew even through pastor changes and church upheavals and church splits and rebellions and people rising up and walking out. But they've been faithful and they've been consistent believing that God can still work in 2014. Is there a Simeon or an Anna out there that would come down to this front and lift up your feeble hands and say, I'm still here, God, and I'm still holding on to it. Anybody? Anybody? Come on, give me room here. I want some, I want some older Simeons. There's no room to, I'm sorry, brother, but there's no room to kneel. What God's getting ready to do here, and we need some room. I'm, I'm looking for older folks right now. Simeons and Annas. Hey, man, even while family has walked away and children have backslid and companions have deserted them, they just keep on and come. And look at here, there's still some Simeons and there's still some Annas. There's more? Is that, is that it? Oh, yeah, they're coming. Just takes them a while. Y'all make room for them. Y'all make room for them. There's some Simeons and some Annas coming. Let me ask another question. Are there any Zacharias's or Elizabeth's here laboring for God with churches that maybe seem like they just never grow? Churches that seem like the womb is barren and nothing's ever going to happen but you're still holding on to revival and you're still coming week after week and lighting that fire and burning the incense. Perhaps there is an angel waiting for you here tonight, today, at the right side of the altar saying your time has come. Y'all hear me now. Y'all hear me now. Is Brother Booker in the house? Is Brother Booker in the house? Come on, Brother Booker. I need you real quick. I need you real quick. Please forgive me. I hate to... I hate to inconvenience an elder, but... Elder, please come on up here if you would. Come on up here if you would. I verified with him yesterday. How would you feel if in your church, if what was it, 18 people? 18 people in Oklahoma. A tall, skinny hippie with long hair walked in. Nothing's ever happening, brother. Nothing ever happens in our church. Nothing ever happens in our town. And then a skinny hippie walks in with long hair and kneels down and God turns him into a game changer. A voice that thunders conference floors across the country. My question to you is, why can't it happen in your church? Or my dad, whom I've mentioned many times that grew up in abject poverty 
amen, and sold pastries on the street to help support his family because my grandfather couldn't work. He lost an arm in an industrial accident. And my grandmother was illiterate all of her life, never knew how to read or write. I'll tell you what she did do though. She had somebody every day read to her the word of God so that she could keep the dream alive. And God raised up her boy on the streets of Puente Alto, Chile. And by the time he died, over 10,000 people had been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. It can happen in your town. It can happen in your church. Are there any Zacharias or Elizabeths? Any older pastors that maybe it just looks like it's never going to happen for you? Can you make your way down here? Here's proof. Here's evidence. Why not in your church? And now let me ask another question. And then we're going to pray. Are there any Marys? Any young people? It doesn't matter what this one is doing and what kind of music that one's listening to and what that one's looking at and what that one is... What kind of behavior activity there? I'm going to fall in love with the Word of God and I'm going to fall in love with the house of God. Can young people now come? Can young people... Is there anybody here that wants to help keep the dream alive in 2014? Come on, there's vacancies up here. Press in close. Press in close. Because here they come. Here they come. They're not just going to give lip service they're going to live the life they're going to pay the price they're going to make the sacrifice would you do it they're coming from everywhere now young people are coming from everywhere while they begin to sing could you lift your hands and say god i've kept the dream alive all these years don't let it die in my heart don't let it die in my spirit don't let me get discouraged don't let me give in and don't let me give up. Come on. There's more. You may not be able to get close, but come as close as you can. Make your way. Press up here. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I may be the only one in my family, but I'm going to keep the dream alive. I may be the only young person in my church, but I'm going to keep the dream alive. I may be the only one living for God in my job, but I'm going to keep the dream alive. I may be the only one in my public school taking a stand, but I'm going to keep the dream alive. God's going to work yet in 2014. Revival's going to come in 2014. The Holy Ghost is going to be poured out in 2014. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. another here today some of you older saints reach over and pray for one another God bless you God bless you 
God bless you. Young folks, if it's appropriate, pray for one another. Brethren, sisters, all over the building, everybody, pray for one another. the altar today.